0: This is part three now on 2 Thessalonians
1: 1, 9 and 10.
0: They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction, that is, those who have not known God and who have not believed in Christ. Away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might, when he comes on that day, to be glorified in his saints, and to be marveled at in all who have believed, because our testimony to you was believed. So, Father, as we focus now on what it is to be glorified in his saints, and what it is to be
1: marveled at in all who have believed would you grant us not only to understand what
0: glorification of Jesus at his coming means, and what marveling at him in that day means, but how these two are related and what difference that might make to us. Now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: First thing to notice here is that
0: when he comes, modifies everything that has happened so far in regard to the second coming. This is the first time the word come has been used. And so all the things we've seen so far, I think there's at least five of them, happen when he comes. Let's look at them. So there is a righteous judgment of God that is going to be shown And it's going to be shown when he considers it just to
1: repay affliction to those
0: who have afflicted Christians and relief to those who have been afflicted. So the first thing that happens when he comes
1: is affliction poured out on
0: Christ opposers. Second thing is relief and rest granted to Christians at that time. Third, this is going to happen. These two things are going to happen in the revelation of our Lord Jesus. This is the second coming, but the focus of the word revelation is on the appearing. And the point of saying when he comes is that the appearing happens when he comes. So, this revelation of the Lord happens when he comes from heaven. The revelation of our Lord Jesus from heaven, and that is a coming, as we now see. And he's coming in flaming fire, giving vengeance. So, that's the fourth thing that happens when he comes. Vengeance on those who do not know God, which is another form Of this affliction or another expression of it, and who do not obey the gospel. So, one, repayment of affliction. Two, repayment of relief. Three, a revelation of the Lord from heaven. Four, the giving of vengeance. And five, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction when he comes. So, five things that have been mentioned so far. And here's the interesting thing. You could call those five things purposes, right? Purposes of his coming. He's coming to repay with affliction. He's coming to bring relief. He's coming to be revealed. He's coming to give vengeance. He's coming to mete out punishment. But in verse 10, what we have is a,
1: a summary. Purpose, a double. Summary purpose, if I can spell it.
0: He's coming on that day to, here's the purpose, to be glorified in his saints. That's purpose number one. And he's coming to be marveled at in all who have believed. That's purpose number two. So ponder with me the meaning of these two and how they are related. This is such an amazing thing. I love texts like this because they get at the very heart of the meaning of the universe, the reason God has created and led history and has worked the work of redemption and is bringing all things to a climax at his coming. What was the purpose of it all? And here's one way to say it. He's coming at the climax of history to be glorified. Now, glorified means there is a, an objective
1: glory to be shown,
0: right? So there, behind this is a glory. It's the glory of Christ when he comes for himself to be shown to be glorious. So, in Jesus Christ, there is an objective glory, and then the verb form glorify means that some something happens to make that glory shown, more obvious, more public. So, he's coming for that to happen. His objective eternal glory and all that he wrought gloriously on the earth for sinners is going to be shown at the second coming like it never has been before, with a hundred million angels to echo the glory. And that glory is shown in the saints. This word saints means the holy ones, probably the believers, not angels, though it could be angels as well. And it's in the saints. So this, something happens in the saints that make this objective glory shone more brightly now turn to the word marvel it's not the same is it as the word glorify because marvel signifies a a feeling
1: in the heart and that feeling say in the say, mind and heart,
0: the feeling of being thrilled, the feeling of being amazed, the feeling of being surprised, the feeling of feeling wonder. The word glorify doesn't in and of itself connote subjective feelings of glory. Marveling does connote clearly, denotes Feelings of marvel, feelings of wonder, feelings of amazement. And so the question then becomes how does the purpose to be glorified in the saints relate to the saints' marveling? This marveling is happening in all who have believed in response to Paul's testimony and then others who have believed. So believing. Is the hallmark of those who marvel. And I would suggest that that means something significant about what believing is. But let's stay with this. They marvel. He's coming for the purpose of being marveled at. He's coming to amaze believers. He's coming to stun them, thrill them, that they would feel. Marvel rising, admiration, wonder rising in their hearts. And here's my suggestion for how they relate.
1: I think you may have
0: heard my term Christian hedonism, and the key phrase in Christian hedonism is, God is most glorified in us. When we are most satisfied in Him? Well, here, what I see is Christ
1: is most glorified in us, the saints, here, when we most marvel at Him. That's the
0: way I think these two are related. He's coming for this double purpose, to have His objective glory made more visible, and He does it by also having the goal of our subjective experience of marveling happening toward Him. We marvel at him, and in marveling at him, we glorify him. If we didn't marvel at him, if we were bored by him, he would not receive from us the glory that he should. Or here's here's another way to say it. Christ,
1: let's use another color just to highlight this. Christ. Gets the glory. Christ gets the glory for being marveled at. Marveled at, we get the joy of marveling.
0: One of the greatest joys in the world is seeing something infinitely glorious and being given the capacities to respond to it emotionally with the greatest admiration. So he gets the glory, we get the joy. The glory is shown in our marveling and his being marveled at, and we get the joy of marveling. And do you see what that implies? That implies that the the goal Of all things, all redemption is fulfilled. And if someone were to ask, isn't it vain, isn't it an egomania in Christ that he would come for the purpose of being glorified? The answer is no. It's the greatest act of love because the way. He intends to be glorified at His coming is by our experiencing the most joyful experience possible, namely seeing and savoring and marveling at Him. So He gets the glory not at our expense, He gets the glory through our joy of marveling at Him.